0: Be it beef, chicken, pork, goat, lamb, or vegetarian, there are few things that stick to the bones and warms the soul like a big bowl of stew. And with the temperature dropping by the minute and winter fast approaching, I thought it was high time to talk about the dish that's built for cold weather. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and today I'm going to tell you everything I know about stew. First things first, what exactly is stew? Seems like a simple question with a simple answer. But is it? Kind of, but not really. There's a fine line between soup and stew. Really, to me, it comes down to the thickness of the liquid that the meat and vegetables are cooked and served in. The liquid of a stew is the consistency of gravy. Soup, on the other hand, is generally much thinner. Now, all of this seems logical, but then we get into chowders and thick soups like split pea and all kinds of things, and everything gets confusing. At the end of the day, I'm going to say that a stew is a soup with a thickened broth. And if anyone has a problem with that, I would love to hear your definition. Now, I don't think anyone listening to this doesn't know what a stew is. But I wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page. So let's move on. A stew is essentially made up of three parts. Ingredients like meat and vegetables, flavorings like herbs and garlic, and the broth generally made of stock, possibly with wine or beer and thickened. All three of these parts work in tandem to create the overall flavor of the stew. If one of these things isn't working to its full potential, it throws the whole dish out of whack. So let's break it down. Ingredients. This category really covers everything that goes into the stew. And when it comes to what goes into the stew, one word should remain in your mind. Quality. This doesn't just apply to stew, obviously. But because stew is such a simple dish with simple ingredients and flavors, There is no hiding shitty ingredients. Every ingredient you choose to put in your stew should be the best it can be. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about using beef tenderloin in your stew. What I mean is that you don't want to use old, almost off beef. You don't want to use floppy carrots from the bottom of your crisper. You want good quality ingredients. And this generally means that you are not buying pre-cubed stewing beef from the store. The reason you don't want to buy pre-cubed stewing beef is that there are generally pieces of meat that didn't sell, so they cut them up and try to sell them a different way. They also charge more for this quote-unquote value-added product than if you had just bought the beef and cut it up yourself. So not only are you getting lower quality meat, you're paying more for it. That doesn't make sense. One caveat to this rule is if you go to a butcher that you trust. Butchers generally have offcuts that they will cube up and sell as stewing beef. It's not generally old meat like in the grocery store. So if you're buying from a butcher, that you trust, then it's okay to buy cheap, cut up stewing meat. What cuts of meat are best for stew? So the procedure of stewing, by its nature, is a low, slow cooking process. This breaks tougher down tougher, cheaper cuts of meat and that typically wouldn't otherwise be used. That's where stewing and braising comes from. It's a way to make tough, chewy meat palatable. So the cuts of meat that you typically want to use for stew are the cheap ones. Not low quality, just muscles that the animals use more than others. So if you were to think in terms of muscles, which I know people don't always like to do when it comes to meat, and I get it, but it does help. So if you think in terms of muscles, imagine the ones that you use most. Your legs, rump, arms, shoulders, neck. The same is true of animals. And so these muscles, or muscle groups, are the ones typically used for low slow cooking, such as stewing. So cuts to look for when looking for beef to stew include shank, eye of round, bottom round, shoulder, plate, and foreshank. For pork, look for shank or hawk, Boston butt, or picnic ham. For lamb, you have the shank, bottom round, eye of round, breast, foreshank, neck, and chuck. Vegetables. Traditional stew vegetables include any kind of root vegetable and often cabbage. Additional ingredients may include peas, green beans, or the like, and mushrooms. Often the vegetables you will find in a stew will be onion, carrot, turnip, parsnips, potatoes, and peas, but really you can add whatever you want. Flavorings. Typical herbs one may find in a stew include, but are not limited to rosemary, thyme, sage, parsley, and bay leaf. Other flavorings may include garlic, red or white wine, beer, uh, or stock. Now how to make a stew. No matter what type of stew you're making, the process is pretty much the same. So I'm going to break it down into steps. This isn't so much a recipe as I'm not providing quantities or ingredients. This is much more a procedural guide to making any kind of stew. The only step that may not apply to all stews is step one. If you're making a vegetarian stew, you can skip that step. So step one, first step is to brown the meat. If you make a stew without first browning the meat, you're just boiling it. There's no flavor to it. Browning creates an exterior crust on the meat that provides flavor to the meat and also the stew. Now, Many recipes will call for you to dust the meat in flour in order to facilitate browning. I find that often the flour just ends up sticking to the surface of the pot and, or pan burning. Instead, I recommend drying the surface of the meat with a paper towel. A wet surface won't brown properly. Drying the meat with a paper towel essentially does the same thing as the flour would, except there is no risk of having burnt flour in your stew. Season the meat with salt and pepper prior to browning as well. This will add flavor to the meat and also the stew. Heat either a large skillet or the pot in which you plan to make your stew over medium heat. Add a touch of oil and then gently place some of the meat into the pot. It is better to brown your meat in batches than to overcrowd your pan. Overcrowding will cause the temperature of the pan to plummet. This low temperature will not be hot enough to sear your meat. Instead, The meat will release its juices and cover the bottom of the pot or pan with liquid and steam. This is the last thing you want. So brown in batches. Some people mistake gray for brown when it comes to cooking meat. Brown is a deep caramel color. That's what you want. Gray is gray and not what you want. You get that browning by leaving the meat alone for a few minutes. Having it dry when it goes into the pan and by not overcrowding the pan. Brown the meat on all sides, remove it from the pan, and set aside. Step 2. After all the meat is browned and removed from the pan, it is time to add the onions. These should be sautéed for 4 or 5 minutes, and if you plan on adding celery and mushrooms to your stew, now would be the time to do that as well. Once the onions and optional celery and mushroom start to soften, add the garlic if you're using it. Cook for 2 or 3 minutes. Step 3. Make the roux to thicken the stew. This step can be done now or closer to the end of cooking. I prefer to do it now as you get more control over the consistency of the finished stew. If you are doing it near the end of cooking, you'll have to make the roux separately and then whisk it into the stew. To make the roux, add fat to the pot with the onions and the garlic. The fat could be butter or beef, chicken or pork fat, and once the fat is melted, add in an equal amount of flour. Mix this all together and cook for two to three minutes. Step four, deglaze. This is a step where you add any alcohol that you plan on using in your dish. This could be wine, beer, cider, even whiskey if you want it. Once you add the alcohol, you want to scrape the bottom of the pot to lift up any bits of food that may have stuck. This is called Fond and it will help flavor your stew. If you're not using alcohol, then just add stock at this point. The second thing you want to do once you add your alcohol is weight. You don't want to reduce the alcohol by, sorry, you want to reduce the alcohol by half its volume. This will do two things. Number one, it will concentrate the flavor of the alcohol. Number two, it will burn off the actual alcohol and keep the flavor. Step five. This is to add the brown meat back into the pot. Stir and then cover with either stock or water by an inch and a half and season with salt and pepper. Use stock instead of water. It adds more flavor. And Once the meat and stock have been added to the pot, bring it all to a boil. And As soon as the stock begins to boil, turn the heat down to low, add the bay leaf, Put a lid on the pot and let it cook for 30 minutes or so. The next step is to add the root vegetables and hearty herbs like rosemary and thyme. I generally also add any cabbage at this point. Put the lid back on the pot and simmer for another 20 to 30 minutes. Once the root vegetables are almost cooked, uh, add uh, green vegetables like peas and green beans. Cover the stew and cook for another 10 to 15 minutes. Finish the stew with a bit more salt and pepper. To taste, add any soft herbs like chopped parsley. Put the lid back of the pot off the heat and let it sit for another 20 minutes. And finally, serve and enjoy. Now, there are few things better on a cold, miserable day than a big bowl of delicious stew. Following the steps above will help you make the best stew you can, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you. You have to taste and adjust as you go. As much as there are few things better than a big bowl of stew, there are few things worse than an under-seasoned and flavorless stew. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. And this has been everything I know about stew. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Kelly, and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. You can, of course, like, subscribe, rate, comment, and share this podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back tomorrow with questions of the week. And then I'll be back on Monday with another fantastic episode of Food and Five. I'll we'll see you then.